What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains. I'm your boy, James Jackson, joined by my guy, Stat Matt Robinson, with the West Virginia stuff on, because we know it's March Madness. He's rocking the, the first alma mater, because you know he graduated from Dub C. My guy, Jake Galley, returning, took an off week last week. Um, and, and we got a good guest on. We know it's the start of March Madness this week, but um, you know we're going to stick to some NBA talk. We've got Ahmad Smith, former NBA professional, AK is NBA on Twitter. Ahmad, how you doing? Thanks for joining the pod, my man. Doing well, doing well. Ready to talk. Awesome. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So like I said, it's the first start of March Madness today. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But the NBA is still rocking and rolling. So we got we to gotta update on that. And Ahmad, we're going to take you through the full scope. And the first thing I think we got to talk about, y'all, is these Charlotte Hornets, led, led by Puma fam LaMelo Ball, but if you look in the standings right now, what we see, fifth in the East? Like, this is a team who drafted third in the NBA, you know, this season, picking up LaMelo Ball, and now sit primed and ready for a playoff spot. And I guess we just got to ask, and I'm going to ask you first, Ahmad, being a former NBA professional, like, how do we get to this point? How are the Hornets right now just in the midst of this Eastern Conference playoff run? Well, the, the coach made the right decision. He started LaMelo Ball. <laughs> he should have did that from the beginning of the year. So if you look at it, they got a lot of guys that's playing well. Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, which was an excellent pickup, and a lot of people don't really talk about. People are talking about, oh, the Charlotte Hornets overpaid for him. But to be honest, he's been their best all-around player this year. So they're, they're playing really well. But I, I would caution that, you know, they're fifth in the, the East right now, but the East has been very, very up and down and kind of mm-hmm. bad. So even though they're the fifth seed right now, I don't think they're like a – a legit like lock for the playoffs. Anything can happen in his next, I want to say three, four weeks. For sure. And and they're, I think a surprisingly well-balanced team. When you look at, you know, they start uh, or, or they can go to a three guard lineup with Rozier, Graham and ball. They also have PJ Washington. Who's a nice young player uh, who can kind of step up when they need him to 20 and 10 type player on his up nights. And then Gordon Hayward has been all around um, another player much like P.J. Washington in the sense that when they need him to turn it on, he can score 30 points if he needs to. Last night, he had, like, I think, nine points, 10 rebounds, uh, eight assists, something like that. So he, he's another very uh, well-utilized player there. James Borrego has them playing well. But as Ahmad said, it's the Charlotte Hornets. I, we have to yeah. pump the brakes <laughs> a little bit, um, and we'll see come playoff time if they're still around the five seed or if they drop down a little bit. I mean, like, I got to give them credit where credit is due. Like, you, you want to say pump the brakes on a playoff team, but I think there's a reason, you, you know, maybe fifth or sixth is a product of the rest of the East being a little lackluster, but I think there's also a reason that they're in there. And they've, they've been playing really well down the stretch. Since the start of February, they're 8-2 and two in games decided by less than 10 points. And you talk about a team who's making a playoff run, you got to be able to win tight games and pull those games out late down the stretch. And the Hornets are playing well enough to do that. And I, you you hit it right on the head of mod. Like since they started Lamelo Ball, they've looked like a playoff team to me. Like the eye test don't lie, right? Like they're playing exciting brand of basketball. They look like a playoff team to me. Yeah, right now. But if you if you in three to four weeks, I expect the the seeding to look a lot different. I expect the Boston Celtics to be higher up. I expect the Toronto Raptors to be higher up. So it's just those are two teams right there that most people would consider like legit playoff teams before the season started. And they're kind of like, I think the Boston Celtics are in the eighth seed right now. And the Charlotte mm-hmm. Raptors are in like, I think the ninth or 10th seed right now. I don't expect that to be the same 
um, going forward. So that's why I'm kind of a little skeptical about the Charlotte Hornets and the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks are what the fifth seed or sixth seed right now as well. Something, something like that. So yeah, everything's so jumbled. Uh, yeah. Ev- between the Hawks and the Hornets, so that's four teams. They're all either twenty and twenty, twenty-one and twenty-one, or twenty-one and twenty. So, um, and I have to agree with you, Ahmad. I think they will fall off towards the end of the uh, season, and I think that that's still might get them a playoff spot in this East. I, James, you mentioned the clutch shots. I look at that kind of from a pessimistic point of view. You're not going to get Rozier shooting 58% from the field down the stretch from 56% from three. That seems like very ready for a regression to the mean. And Gordon Hayward's also shooting over 50% in the clutch. I think that's going to fall back and they'll go back to kind of like playing like their normal selves in the clutch rather than becoming Michael Jordan in the last three minutes. Although they do have the Jordan magic as their owner. I mean, and hello, we're in March, y'all. If we were in December, January with these numbers, I'd agree with y'all. Hey, maybe they're just off to a hot start. Maybe they're just hitting a groove. They'll come back down. Like I've said for a lot of teams, we're we're past the all-star break. The playoffs are around the corner. Like we're starting to solidify playoff seedings now. If they're playing this well this far into the season, 65 to 70% through the season, it's, I mean, to me, it's not a coincidence anymore. To me, it's not a facade. Like this is how the Charlotte Hornets are playing. They're playing and they're getting better and better as the weeks go on. Like from February to now, they're eight and two. Like, they're, they're getting better as the season goes along. That's why I think they're a playoff team. Like, this isn't a fluke anymore. We're in March. I mean, it might not be a fluke, but, like, I just still go back to the surprising aspect of this is a team that, I mean, Hayward, LaMelo Ball, those being two of their bigger pieces, were added in this COVID offseason where, you know, teams don't have the same time to gel. They don't have the same setup heading into the season. Um, but it's clear that they do work incredibly well as a team third in the league in assists, seventh in three points made, and seventh in three-point percentage. They're moving the ball around. They're finding the open man. Ultimately, when you're a team like Charlotte, you don't have the top 10, top 15 player. That's how you're going to have to make your living, moving the ball around, getting open shots, and they've got guys who can knock them down. So you're going to tell me that you know they're, they're one of the best teams in the league. They have the stats to prove it. But you don't expect them to make the playoffs. And no, do you see? And do you honestly? Do you honestly see teams like the Atlanta Hawks, the Chicago Bulls, you know, the, even the Raptors? You don't have a go-to guy anymore. Start playing better to knock the Hornets out. Like they're playing the better Raptors, ball than all those teams. The Raptors are former champions. They're going to get it together. Um, and then I would say the Boston, the Boston Celtics. Come on now, the Boston Celtics are one of the top talent-wise top teams in the Eastern Conference. I'll give you the Celtics. I'll I give you the Celtics. To, I expect them to get get it together as well. So if you just look at that. You say Boston, what fifth seed, Raptors? If for my in my opinion, uh, if they start playing better, six seed, and then you look at the Hornets and the Hawks that play in tournament. That's where I kind of expect them to be in, and then mm-hmm. we'll see if they're going to make the playoffs. That's my opinion going down the stretch. And, I'm nailing them in. Well, and I, I never first off, I never said they weren't going to make the playoffs. At this point, you was, was you was negative about it though. You were headed down that road. I saw you. You was headed down that road. <laughs> I, I mean, I have my doubts about how successful they're going to be because, as I mentioned, they don't have that top fifteen guy in the playoffs. You know, Terry Rozier is their guy, as you said, down the stretch. As a Sixers fan, I've seen what Terry Rozier can do. Okay, right. he has he has that top end potential, but. When he is the guy he's expected and he's scouted as, okay, this is the guy they're going to down the stretch. I don't know. I, I just, I can't put a, my eggs a, in that basket yet. And I'm going to be honest. Uh, 
fans were coming back into the arenas sooner mm-hmm. rather than later. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. I'm gonna be honest. It's a lot of guys right now that are playing out of their mind, playing crazy. Terry Rozier included. That I don't believe me personally. When fans in that pressure, especially in playoff moments and situation, I don't believe they're gonna be playing the same when the fans come back into. You sound like Jason. Personally. You sound like Jason Tatum now. Jason Tatum said that in the off season where no, that's, about, about that's players real, in the though. bubble. That's real. I don't. Uh-huh. I really don't. I feel like. Terry Rozier. Who, who, who are some other players that are just playing out of their mind right now? I can't even think of. But like, like Julius Randle is like, like Julius Randle. Julius Randle, Terry Rozier. Mm. So it's a, it's a lot of these guys. I'm kind of like, they're good. They're, they're, they're legit starters in this league. But putting up, put it like this: James Harden is averaging 25 points per game right now, and that's 19, 19 in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So that, that's crazy to think about. Right. A lot of that has to do with. The COVID and the bubble situation, not the bubble situation, but, you know, fans not being in arenas. A lot of it has to do with some of the, the, the way you guys are playing, but it's just kind of like, I just, ugh, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, he, he's Jake, he, a lot of guys. I don't believe. I don't know. Shaky man. about it. Shaky, <laughs> baby. I hear you. I hear you. All right. We're going to move away from the Hornets. Cause you, you brought up a name that that's going to segue perfectly to our next topic. You talked about James Harden. And sadly for Sixers fans, now that Joel Embiid is down for the, for the next terrible, you know, week and a half, season. two weeks, to, to, it's terrible to see the MVP front runner go down. But yeah. since he did, we got to update this MVP talk because he was running away with it and then he got sat down. So now there's yeah. opportunity for a lot of guys to step up. And I'm not, I'm going to throw some names at you. Damian yeah. Lillard, James Harden, Nikola Jokic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, you know, there, there's, there's, there's other Luka Doncic. LeBron's like which, up there, obviously. LeBron too. Which, which yeah. one of these names stick to you most as maybe, maybe knocking Joel Embiid off of that MVP front runner spot? Yeah. So I, I got a list I'm going to put out on my Instagram page. I'm by mm-hmm. Kiss NBA. Um, but I will say, if you really look at it right now, you kind of got to give the edge to LeBron James because LeBron James, not only does he mm-hmm. have the game, he has the analytics to back him up. Offensive mm-hmm. rating, defensive rating, he's number one right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he has the narrative with Anthony Davis being out mm-hmm. as well. They're still winning games. At first, they went on a little four-game losing streak. Everybody was a little worried. But then, you know, Dennis Schroeder came back. And they're winning games, 11-2 without Anthony Davis. So if LeBron can keep doing what he's doing, and then if Joel comes back, because I still think Joel should be the front runner. I don't think his injury, because he's really? not going to be out like a – a month or so. He's going to be out about two weeks and two he's, weeks, going to, yeah. he's going to come back. So I don't think he should just get knocked down all the way to, you know, four or five, six. I still think he should be the top two, top three when we're talking about the MVP category. But as of right now, I would say LeBron James has to be the front runner other than Joel Embiid, in my opinion. I'm, I'm, so, I'm surprised. I, to, to be honest, I'm, I'm surprised. And I, and I guess I shouldn't be so surprised. But the surge that I've seen from guys like Damian Lillard over the past week, Luka Doncic over the past week, James Harden said he's gotten to the Nets. Like a lot of people attribute to what the Nets are doing to what James Harden is doing. I would think those guys would take the leap, but I guess I shouldn't be so surprised because, you know, there's that narrative that LeBron should have more than four MVPs. So the league is going to look to, at least at least narrative-wise, look to give him another, another MVP. But why don't, yeah. we, why don't we go down this list? Jay, you were about to say something. Well, I was going to say, yeah, I just, go ahead, Matt. Uh, the defense, the, the best argument for LeBron to be MVP, and I don't think he should be second place behind Embiid. I think it should be Jokic, but Anthony Davis has missed 18 of the Lakers 41 games and they still have the best defense Crazy. in the league. That's LeBron. Yeah, that's that, LeBron. That, that's LeBron's actually trying on defense. He's playing an insane amount of minutes, 
but he LeBron's having he's having like the ninth best season of his career. Right. Like he, it's nothing like spectacular. I, I'll I'll get to my Jokic point after we go around. But but to to piggyback off that, that's that's like. You know that's that's the standard LeBron has set for himself, and that's that's another narrative that goes along. Oh, no. Is he is he an MVP or is he not an MVP to LeBron's standard? Like the MVP seasons he's put in, he's not having one of those. But in this season, he's carrying a Lakers team that you know it it should be noted how much he's carrying this Lakers team, and should he be rewarded that the fact that he's thirty six and playing 35, 40 minutes a night. And you guys, you don't get rewarded for your age. Well, Matt, I mean, you say that, and and I personally don't think that. But you got to remember, it's not numbers and stats that decide this award. It's people. It's humans. Mm-hmm. It's writers. Mm-hmm. And you know, we had Doris Burke on the Radio.com NBA podcast. She said she one hundred. She's a voter. She said she one hundred percent factors in narrative to things like this. You know, you're looking at sure. people who will look at LeBron and say, okay, he has the Lakers. You know, all, no Anthony Davis. He did what he did. They're the best uh, defense in the league at that age. He's been spurned a couple years in the past. He's been complaining to the media about it a couple yeah, straight he's years. He's been spurned once. He's been spurned once. So all that put together, plus you know the fact that how many more great LeBron seasons do we have? You got the media who, you know, say what you will, love LeBron, rightfully so. They, mm-hmm. you know, they may they may see it that hey, look, we want to get him one on his way out. Uh, all that being said, I do think James and you go through, there are some other guys who will press him. Yeah. Well, let's go through all of them. We can make an MVP case probably for all these guys that I'm about to name. Can we start with Jokic? Cause I just go ahead. Go ahead. Start with Jokic. go ahead. Start with Jokic. Jokic is averaging more points per game than LeBron, more rebounds per game than LeBron, more assists per game than LeBron. Mm-hmm. And he's number one in win shares and he's more efficient than LeBron. Right. He's better at two point percentage, mm-hmm. better at three point percentage, mm-hmm. better at free. He's uh, LeBron actually absolutely has the edge on defense, but they're 24 and 16, the Nuggets. Like, they're not, like, middling in the pack like they were a couple weeks ago. What are they they're back and being a contender, and I think Jokic has to be the front runner right they, now. What are they, the 6 seed right now? So that, that, that was my question. Where are they, Where are they? They're tied with Portland yeah. at 24 and 16, yeah, those are, which is only that's, that's middle of the pack. three and a half games back at the Lakers. Five seed. That's, yeah, it's middle of the pack, you know? Like, uh, Jokic, as great as he is, I think for when you start talking about rewarding the MVP and giving it to a big man, you got to play defense, um, mm. you know, especially these modern day bigs. You look at what Joel Embiid is doing, same type of stats and statistics on the offensive side, just like Nikola Jokic, but he plays defense and he's a defensive player of the year candidate. You look at the. I agree with you, Embiid, Jokic, but Jokic, the, the assists are just that's true. That's, that's stupid definitely. Definitely. that his center can do that. Right, definitely. right. And LeBron James is also, we talk about offense, but defensively, he has a case for the Defensive Player of the Year award as well. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, that's going to help his MVP case. He may not win the Defensive Player of the Year award, but he may finish like top three, top four, top five. And he also has a, a chance potentially to be on the All-NBA Defensive First Team this year as well at the age of 36. So yeah. it's just kind of like you look at those things with LeBron James, offense, defense, 36, Anthony Davis is out. The Lakers are a top two seeds, one and a half games behind the Utah Jazz for the first seed. It's going to be hard unless Joel Embiid or Damian Leonard, the Portland Trailblazers, going to run, in my opinion, to really give it to another person over LeBron James, especially right now. And he's 36 years old, year 18. It's going to be those writers, those people that are voting. You got to factor it in that. You got to factor it in. You got to factor a lot of those things. Yeah. But Jokic, 36 double-doubles, 10 triple-doubles in 40 games. Like we said, they're tied with the Blazers for fifth in the Western Conference. Ahmad, is there anything that Jokic could do 
to give him to warrant giving him the MVP in your mind? Like, is, is there something that could no, happen no. at the end of the season? You're like, ah, give it to Jokic. No. He said no. Because <laughs> no, he's not. Cause, cause how, could, a, how can he mention Lillard and not Jokic when they have the same record? I, I can mention You're... I can mention Damian Leonard because Damian Leonard, CJ McCollum was out half the year. Mm-hmm. Damian Leonard's been doing this for years. The same thing that people are talking about having Steph Curry being the MVP race early on in the season of not playing on a playing on a mediocre team compared to all those great teams that he's played on. Damian Leonard's been doing this for years consistently, mm-hmm. and people don't reward him. So it's just kind of like. That's just my thought. Go ahead, Jake. A, a guy who I, and, and I think everyone who we've mentioned definitely has a case. I don't know how much of a case James Harden has for two reasons. Number one, there will be a certain group of people, even if Ke- Ke- Kevin Durant has been out and James Harden has been awesome, but Kevin Durant's eventually going to come back and that will likely end the Harden talk. But the real second you know, factor, I think, is that there's going to be a lot of people who hold against him, right or wrong, what happened in Houston, the way that he played himself out of Houston. Um, you know, say what you will. I, I don't really have a problem with what he did, but there will be people who do. Um, I just think that we kind of have to at least note what he has been doing without Kevin Durant has been yeah. incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, he, he's kind of putting up like those Russell Westbrook uh, MVP type lines, except Brooklyn's the number, arguably yeah. the number one team in the East with the Sixers. Um, yeah. So, you know, kudos to James Harden. He has been showing out. And when all three guys have been healthy, he has been a leader in the sense that he has taken a step back where he needs to. He doesn't have to always have the ball in his hands. He's okay with being the facilitator, which you guys remember, we talked about this a couple episodes ago. I didn't know if that was going to be possible. Mm-hmm. He's shown that it is. I don't know why. 2017, he was doing everything that he's doing right now with the Brooklyn Nets for his facilitating passing the ball. So people always talk about Jordan, James Harden's scoring ability, but he's not just a phenomenal scorer. He's also one of the, the greatest passers and facilitators in the history game has ever seen. So yeah. Lillard had a 50-point tennis game the other night, and they had a stat like the most 50-point tennis games ever, and like Lillard was tied for second with three, and then first place was Harden with eight. Yeah, like he's, he's special serious. player. He's, he, he's serious. Um, another guy I would say that people aren't talking about is Jimmy Butler. Like this was a team that was down and out, down and out because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Missed down the most games, having players miss the most games because of COVID. Jimmy Butler comes back. They look the Miami Heat was looking like they weren't even make the playoffs, and then mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler comes back. What are they third or fourth seed right now in the East? Fourth, fourth seed in the fourth, East, fourth seed right now. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like he he deserves some credit. Another guy, you look at Giannis Antetokounmpo, mm-hmm. back to get... back, back to back MVP. I think to be honest, this year people are sleeping on Giannis, but this year, if you look at some of the years in the past, this may be his best year right now. What he's twenty nine, twelve and six on on sixty two percent true shooting. Like this is, I know people are not going to want to give him a third straight MVP. But, yeah. but if you're if you're doing it by the numbers, he's and having he's arguably a better season than either of his MVP years. That's what I'm saying. But it's just kind of like so many times the media casts the MVP based on narratives and stuff like that. And it's just kind of like he's probably not I'm a big here. give the MVP to the person who played rest in the regular season, but yeah. we we can't give it to Giannis. Yeah. I, I that's that's my that's my veto. That's my one exception. I don't I don't, I don't think can't be, can. 
After what? After the meltdown that yeah, yeah. Bucks had in the playoffs, they were yeah. fifty and five last year. Like yeah. it, it, no one really talks about how big of a collapse that was. It was like yeah. Mavericks losing to the Warriors collapse, mm-hmm. and yeah. yeah, after that happens, you got to prove it in the playoffs. You can't get a third straight MVP after. Yeah, that's right. right. I mean, that's why that's why he's not in my top five uh, strictly mm-hmm. because of his deficiencies in his game, his weaknesses in his game. Nothing has really improved to me. He's worked on his footwork, I would say, this year. Um, but to me, I think he's going to be unless he moves to center in the playoffs, is and plays the position he probably really should be playing, and not this point four point guard type of guard that has the ball in his hands, running up and down the floor, passing the ball, and trying to dunk on everybody, doing everything. But I feel that that's why he's not in my top five for the MVP mm-hmm. race. And I, and I think that's right. Like if we're going to reward someone based on narrative, we should be able to punish someone based on narrative. And I'm not going to give you a regular season award just to watch you crap out in the playoffs each year. The, the most valuable player award just yeah. to watch you, you know, get run off the court by the Miami Heat in the playoffs. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm done doing that. But going along that line of like, I, I feel like narrative is what we're, what we're leaning towards here instead of numbers. And I'm fine with that. Because if we are leaning that way, I think Damian Lillard should be amongst the, the top three to top five MVP getters in the league right now. You talk you talk about a guy who's never ran from, you know, the grind, so to speak, that he says, never wanted to join another, you know, another team, never complained about the team he was on. He just goes out and works and, and hoops every single chance that he gets and is, and is one of the most tenacious players in the NBA. And if we're going to yeah. reward somebody for anything, we might as well reward Damian Lillard for, for sticking it out with the Trailblazers, dealing with injuries to CJ McCollum, to Nurkic, to Zach Collins, to every year, his half of his team goes out and he never complains. He just laces up whenever he can and battles his team to the playoffs every single year. Like we should yeah, be able to reward someone like that. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing Damian Lillard win the MVP award. Cause especially mm-hmm. if you look at like some of the top players, like LeBron James, even though Anthony Davis has been out, he has Anthony Davis. James mm-hmm. Hart, even though Kevin Durant has been out, he's still going to have Kevin Durant. You look and at some, Kyrie. And, and Kyrie. And, Ky- and Kyrie. So if you look at if you look at that narrative, you look at Nikola Jokic, he kind of can be over those guys if you're looking at that narrative. Who's his number two? Jamal Murray? He hasn't been playing like the bubble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just kind of like Jamal Murray. Um Jimmy Butler, another guy people haven't been talking about and should be talking about, should be in the top five, I would say, for the MVP conversation. That's the guy on your your jersey, Chris Paul. This is guy's a, a franchise changer, has the Phoenix Suns in the second seed overall right now, and it's just kind of like nobody is talking about him or giving him the credit that he's doing. He's basically LeBron James, but six feet. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, that's what he is, but it's just kind of like nobody's talking about Chris Paul. Honestly, honestly, Ahmad, that's probably the greatest thing you could ever have said to me. That's the, <laughs> like, I've never been, that was so poetic. I've never heard someone put it in those terms. And it, it's absolutely correct. He's, he's LeBron, but six feet tall. I will stay there till, till I die. I'm dying on that hill right there. Thank you. For, thank you for putting that in there. All right. So do you guys want to, let's go around, I guess, maybe and give out who do we think at the end of the year, put a stamp on it. If we had to pick right now, who is your MVP? Um, I'll just go out and start by You're saying, right. I'm obligated to say Joel Embiid. Uh, if he is, I win a lot of money. So <laughs> beyond that, I'm a Sixers fan. And also, I just think when you look at his stats, it lines up with what Steph Curry did in his unanimous MVP year in terms of true shooting percentage, points, etc. Um, and the Sixers, if they finish as the best team in the East, I think he has the narrative to go alongside it. So I'm going to stick with my man, Joel. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll jump on that bandwagon as well. And Amai made the point earlier, and it's great. Like, it's not like he's going to miss months. He's not going to miss an extended period of time to where three, four, five guys are going to jump over him in the MVP race. He's only out two weeks, and then we're already, you know, five, six days into those two weeks. So if, yeah. if he comes back, you know, knock on wood, he comes back, you know, where he's supposed to, he comes back healthy and, and just continues on what he was doing, you know, pre-injury, it, it's still his award to lose, in my opinion. And I... And I I'm optimistic in thinking that he's going to come back not only with, you know, just continuing what he's doing, but a little bit of a chip, a little bit with something to prove like, don't forget about me because I sat down for two weeks. I'm still the MVP. He's still the best player on the Sixers and willing them. So I'm going to go with Joel Embiid too at the end of the season. My heart says Embiid. My head says Jokic. Oh, wow. You got to get out Look, Jokic is not <laughs> winning that award, own. man. I'm two sorry. Weeks <laughs> To each his own. Look how confident. Look how confident he is. Man. Wow. <laughs> look how confident he's, he is. Wow. Man. Go ahead. Go ahead. Defend the take. Defend the take. He he is the best offensive player in basketball. And I don't think it's that close. You're, you're taking him over a guy like Lillard or Harden? Based on what? Yes. Regular season? He took the Nuggets to the conference finals, led a 3-1 comeback against a better Clippers team. That was a fluke, but yeah. He said that was a fluke. I got to defend my man stat, Matt. Can't let, him, can't, let him, can't let him get rifled on like this. I mean, for the first two months of the season, two, mo- two and a half months of the season, Jokic was, was averaging a triple-double to 21-10-10 or something like that. And That's and fine. I don't want to take that lightly. Like averaging a triple double is not easy. I don't care if it's for ten or fifteen games. Like that that is hard as hell to do. And the Nuggets are battling back. I don't think he'll win it, but I don't think it's a, it's it's as far fetched as some people may make it seem, or some people think. No, I, mean, I don't think he'll win it. It may not be far fetched, but he said the best offensive player in the league. I mean, I, my goodness. it's considered. I mean, this, this is a center who who does it all on offense. <laughs> Yeah, he, aver- he shoots 42% from three. He's averaging mm. 28 points per game, and he gets eight assists per game. That's LeBron. But he's a five seed. He's a five seed. But he's a five seed. Well, I, I said offense. That. That's, <laughs> I know, he said offense. And, and right. I, don't, I don't even know if he's the best offense. Harden player. is in that discussion, too. I'd say him and Harden are the best two offensive players. <laughs> to be honest, I don't even – Jokic may not even be the, be the best offensive player on his team. <laughs> If you really, if you really want to look down to it, Jamal Murray, we saw what he did in the bubble. It was kind of Jamal Murray was was really their number one go to guy when it really mattered the most and hitting those key shots and stuff like that. But to each his own. I mean, I respect it. I would say for the MVP race, um, if Joel Embiid can come back healthy and the Sixers get the number one seed, I think it's Joel Embiid. But if that doesn't happen. I think you're gonna to have to probably roll with LeBron James. LeBron, bro. Uh, yeah, it's, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard. All right, one more thing before we ride out here, Ahmad. We're talking about scoring outputs and how crazy scoring has been, not just this season, but lately in the NBA, kind of in the modern era, you know, of of scoring. And there are there are a bunch of teams who are on pace to set like the, the the single season scoring record. And that's Brooklyn, Utah, Denver, the Clippers, and Milwaukee. Um, and 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 they're all on on pace, you know, to to have this crazy scoring output. What one one sixteen per game or something like that? Like sc- scoring is is nuts. And you put on your Instagram not too long ago, Ahmad, that 
you kind of miss the old NBA where, where players who are scoring 40 and 50 now, like you don't feel it as much because scoring is so prevalent. It's so easy in today's NBA. And I feel like this kind of goes along the same lines. So we kind of wanted to do a little investigation, a little deep dive into how, how is this happening? Like what, like why have we gotten here? Why is scoring so easily? And like, do you feel 40 to 50 point games? Anthony Edwards had 42 last night and it was like, Hey, good job. Cat did too. Same game, same team. Same game. Had 41 in the same game. I I just think with the game, it's changed so much. It's no defense. Uh, Can't touch the offense opponent. It's kind of like the game is is so fast-paced. It's kind of like back in the past when you had Allen Iverson, Kobe Bryant, all those guys, Trace McGrady. The game was very slow. You know, it felt like every game in the regular season felt like a playoff game. You know, it's just kind of like now – Teams are putting up 130, 140 points, you know, combining. It's just – it's very, it's a very dicey situation what's going on, and it's kind of has diluted the game, I would say. Kind of makes the NBA regular season kind of boring because either it's a blowout or I would say it's just like these guys are just putting up these crazy amount of numbers um, on a nightly basis. It's kind of like not taking away from these guys, but when Fred Van Vliet, and as talented as he is, what did he drop, like 50, was it 53 or something? something You're saying that like should that. never happen. You're Norman Powell did the he, same thing, 40-point games from Norman Powell? That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. He's a, he, these are just starting caliber guys, great starters, and they're playing like all-stars and doing this. It's just like, <laughs> it's not really, it's like video game year. numbers. TJ Warren yeah. in the bubble. TJ Warren, Warren in the bubble. If you, you look at Jamal Murray, you know, people are looking at him. It's just kind of like, damn, I don't, I really don't know. It's, it's just different. So – just to, to give some backing to that, in 2012, only eight players in the league averaged over 20 points. This year, 35 players are That's averaging hard. over 20 points. No, like, that crazy. That right there. Should, I mean, and I do think, and Amada, I'm curious about what you think about this. I do think the fact that there are no fans is a huge yeah. part of it as well. Big part. Big part. No it's fans, an open gym. Yeah. No pressure. <laughs> Role players not feeling tightness. Starters, normal starters, not really feeling nervous, can just go out and hoop. It's open gym. That's what it. That's what it looks like right now. So that's why I also think that there's too many threes. Yeah, of course. Analytics this year. This year, the Cavs are last in the NBA at 27.7 three pointers per game. In 2013, the Warriors were first with 23 three pointers a game. You're Daryl Morey just mentioned this, and I think it's a good idea. We should get rid of the corner three. Just let it go out of bounds. And then that, that makes the game tighter. And it's not just drive and kick. It's the entire game's drive and kick and pick and rolls. I don't I want think more it, variety. I don't think it's that. I think I think the NBA needs to put back the old defensive rules. I think you should be able to touch your man. I, you should be able to do things that you couldn't have, can't do right now that you could do in the past. I think that's what we need to see. Because right now, these guys, it's no defense playing played. And it's like you said, it's threes, 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 and layups analytics that's what they're taught threes layups threes layups that's it and then what that does is more possessions that's why you see guys averaging russell Westbrook averaging a triple double three straight years in a row because it's just like mm-hmm. it's so many possessions or you see like these crazy stats of Giannis Anacupo putting up these crazy numbers winning back-to-back MVPs and everybody's like oh he's averaging 30 10 then in the playoffs if you do the eye test you're looking at his games like he can't really score and have right. court when it matters the most but mm-hmm. then it's like the casual fans are looking at all these numbers, all these statistics, like, yo, Giannis is a top five player in the game. He's the best player in the game. All these great things. But the eye test, if you really watch the game, you really know, understand what you're watching. 
you know what's going on with the amount of possessions, running up, fast break, transitions, all those things. And then when you get in the playoffs, it's not it's not a shocker when you see guys struggle because teams play defense. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody locks up. The guys that you think that don't play defense, they lock up, they get after, they go hundred percent hard. So right. it's a very and dicey that, situation right now. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the last what, three or four years, the NBA champion has been one of the best defensive teams in the league. The Lakers last year were the best defensive team. The Raptors the year before one of the best defensive teams. And so I think that that kind of brand of basketball wins in the playoffs. And, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy because, like, the novice fan won't watch all these NBA games every night. But they'll wake up the next day and, and look at stats. And they'll wake up the next day and be like, oh, Giannis drops. 30 and 10, he's going crazy. But they don't they don't watch the game that they know is going to change come playoff time where Giannis isn't going to be able to take the ball every possession, take three dribbles, coast basket to basket, and lay it up over someone. That's not going to happen in the playoffs. It's also why I'm not a Zach Levine fan. He's an incredible scorer on a team that doesn't win. It's okay. changing a little bit this year. Changing a little bit this year. Why you try for defense? He just has no defensive IQ. That was that was uncalled for. That was really unnecessary. What you had to do is I've been there. See, see, I hate that because they said the same thing about Devin Booker. But people want to punish like these superstar talents like Zach Levine and Devin Booker, but never look at the owners and the GMs and the team situation that they put these guys in. They don't never want to go all in when it comes to a Zach Levine or Devin Booker, but they expect these guys to just do everything and get them to the playoffs. So it's just kind of like you're going to put the onus on Zach Levine and Devin Booker for struggling and, you know, not playing defense. Of course, they're not playing defense when they've got to account for 80 percent of the offense. But right. it's just like inter team. Inter team My is, point is when you build a title team. Zach Levine can't be your best player. That's he can't fine. be your second best player. He has to be your third best player. Uh, I, mean, I will that's just. A, that's a better argument. That's a that's a legit argument. You can say I, that. I do think I, I you know just want to be fair to Zach Levine. His efficient field goal percentage jumped ten percent this year from fifty two to sixty two percent. He is a much improved. I was in the same boat, Matt, with you. Um, but he is a much improved player this year. I'll just leave it at that. He's gotten a lot better. I just still hate his defense. <laughs> that's fine, Matt. Matt. For you, I, you can ignore the defense for, for Zach Levine. Zach Levine get held down to his defense. I bet, you, I, bet, I bet you the Utah Jazz would be better if they had Zach Levine over Jamal Mitchell. Murray. You know what, Ahmad? We got to bring you back oh. on one time, and I'm just going to sit you and you and Stat. Yeah, the, the, um, the Denver Nuggets, yeah. Denver Nuggets, yeah. yeah. I'm, 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 we're going to have you back on. I'm just going to sit you and Matt in the end of this room, and y'all can just debate. Jokic, Zach Levine, <laughs> Nuggets, both. Like, I'm, I'm going to just let y'all, let y'all have at it. But we are, we are running out of time. I want to thank you, Ahmad, again uh, for joining the podcast. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to kind of plug yourself, what you're doing, let, let our listeners know who Ahmad Smith is, what he's doing. Uh, my Smith is just a guy that loves basketball, worked in the league for three years, got really literally paid to watch basketball, um, trained my own brand a couple years ago when I went to grad school, 2017, shout out to St. John's, um, kind of just started this whole journey of creating content and stuff like that. Been in the sports industry about six years. Uh, right now I'm a free agent. So anybody out there that's listening to this, I'm a free agent. Um, but yeah, love, love sports, love basketball and. Thanks, guys, for letting me be on the podcast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks for coming Great on, man. You. Yeah, absolutely. One more time, give us the Instagram handle so everyone so everyone knows what it is, where, where to follow you. A-Kiss NBA on all platforms. Yes, Mainly sir. Instagram, though. <laughs> Mainly Instagram. Love it. Love it. Now he drops great daily videos. I, I peep them. That's how I knew to add the scoring in, into this uh, into this script because I knew that that was going to hit home for you, Ahmad. <laughs> but thank you again for joining the podcast, man. 
Um, well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have you back on at some point, maybe towards playoff time or something. But again, thank you for joining, bro. No problem. Looking forward to it. All right, y'all. That was Ahmad Smith. You heard him. Akis NBA on Instagram. A, a great guest. Had great discussions. I thought him and Sat Matt were going to have to go into a boxing ring and, and duel some of that out. But nah, great to have him on. Um, but now that the NBA part is done, we know that it's March Madness. Um, actually, as we are recording Friday at 530, number two Ohio State or number two seed Ohio State goes down to 15 seed Oral Roberts. I just had to throw something in my basement to get the anger out because of it, busting my bracket. Um, but, I mean, we, we can't ignore March Madness, right? We can't ignore the NCAA tournament. So, real quick, we'll just go around. Who do you see hoisting that national championship trophy when it's all said and done? Jake, who, who's your national champion? Who you got winning your bracket? Uh, I like Illinois. Uh, a lot of people are going to go Gonzaga. I think that the betting market heavily favors Gonzaga. They are obviously undefeated. Best team throughout the entire year, but... When you look at how Illinois is built, they are a team that's bringing back a lot of guys. Ayo Desumu is an amazing guard for them. Uh, Corbello is another great guard. I mean, they're a deep team. They play hard. They're physical. And that's the type of team that wins. Uh, and as I said, they brought back some guys as well. So I have it uh, them versus Gonzaga in the championship game, but um, also had Ohio State in my final four. So... We don't know shit. Pretty much, yeah, Every yeah, year yeah, I'm reminded. I'm I don't know shit about college basketball. Every year I'm reminded that. Matt, who's your national champion? I got Gonzaga. I look at the Kempom ratings after. I watch like around tops 10 college basketball games a year before the tournament. Mm -hmm. So I usually look at Kempom to do my stuff. And Gonzaga undefeated according to like their adjusted offensive efficiency uh, and, a, and adjusted defensive efficiency. They're first and 10th in both of those categories. So like that, they're just all around. They'd be the first undefeated champion since I think Indiana. 72. When Bobby Knight was there in the yep. Sub, yeah. 76, I um, think. 76, and I think they finally break through and finally uh, get over the hump and win their first trip. Yeah. I got Gonzaga too. I don't like the fact that I have my national champion as a, an undefeated regular season team. Like we just noted, hasn't been done in, you know, 40 years. Um, so it's, it's, it's tough for me to, to put them in, but I think this year's Gonzaga team is different. Like most of the time I say Gonzaga is a little fake just because I mean, they play in the mountain West conference, like all, all the way out there. And this year, St. Mary's wasn't all that good. BYU wasn't all that good. Nevada was out of it. Like uh, in years that there's two or three other ranked teams in our conference, I'm, I'm better with, but this year there wasn't, but then you, I, get, I got some BYU upsets in my bracket and BYU might BYU BYU to the Elite Eight in my bracket. No, they're not going to be, they're not gonna be Texas. Play, if they beat but. UCLA, they're not going to be Texas. But but anyway, like when I look at this Gonzaga team, like the, the national tournament is a guard tournament. And if you got the best guards in the nation, you got the best team in the nation. And the combination of Jalen Suggs and Corey Kispert, like there, there's, there's not too many backcourt combinations that are better than that. If there is a backcourt combination better than that. And then combine that with Drew Timmy on the inside as well. Like, I do think they have the best overall team. And if I, I mean, and for all intents and purposes, making a bracket is like who you, who you're betting on, who am I putting my stock in? And I'm putting my $10 stock in, in my, in my bracket pool. I'm putting that in Gonzaga. So if I had to bet on a team to win the national championship, I would bet on Gonzaga. That's who I have winning. Um, know this past week in sports this week, Kyle's not here with Can me. Can I so. say one what? hot take? Go ahead. Of I'm course sick of Sister Jean. I'm sick of Sister Jean. Why? Oh, Matt, that's Why? Really... What, did, what did Sister Jean ever do to anybody? She's 100 years old. 
I, I don't act like she, I, the fact that she's like, we already went through this. They went to the final four. They're good. The Kempom has them like ninth, so they could have upset like Illinois. Or they're, they're an eight seed. Like, they're not, they're I, not I like a bad team. They're an eight seed. No, they have a like, ninth in the country, Kempom does. Ooh. And I'm, I, we went through this. I don't want to rerun. <laughs> I, th- I think it's a little, and, and, Bless Sister Jean and and Lord, please forgive me for saying this. I think a little bit of wanting to put her is like, wow, she's still alive. Like Sister Jean is still here. Let's celebrate. Yeah, but Loyola this- Chicago is never gonna win a ring. Like they got exactly, the best- exactly. She don't got too many more years to celebrate something like this, Matt. Like let yeah, her go got, to She got the Final Four. There's nothing that's gonna top their Final Four run. This sweet so- innocent old lady ain't do nothing to nobody. And Matt's sick of seeing her. We gotta move to the countdown after that. On the way to the countdown, here's number five. This is the fifth time in the last nine years that Gonzaga has been a top two seed. They only have one Final Four appearance, and you know what? That's what happens when the toughest competition you face all year during the regular season is Cupcake State and Cupcake Tech. All year, they play these ridiculous teams, and then they come up against real competition in the tournament, which is why I kind of shied away from making them my champion. Yeah. But then, but then Ohio State loses to Oral Roberts, and like I don't know anything. Yeah, I don't know, I don't anything. know anything, and I don't know no, anything. Number four, the number of players in NBA history with 140 point games: Wilt Chamberlain, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and James Harden. So we have probably the three best scores in NBA history, best pure scores in NBA history, and then James Harden. So I, I, when it's when it's all said and done. I said this about Damian Lillard last week, and I'll repeat it about James Harden too. When it's all said and done, we're gonna have to look at James Harden as one of the best scores in NBA history. Hands. James Harden is a better scorer in NBA history than Kobe Bryant. It's the three best scores in NBA history and Kobe Bryant. He averaged thirty-five points per game back to back years. Kobe did that once. James Harden did it back to back years. I just want to say I got crucified for calling James Harden. What did I say? He was the third best the shooting, third guard, best shooting ever, guard ever. Something and you when guys you killed me for it, it. When you when you said it, and, and to be honest, to still put him over Dwayne Wade is like uh, without a ring is like. Uh, but we may look back on that statement twenty years from now and be like, "Ah, oh, you weren't so crazy." There you go. That's all I want. <laughs> number three, the number of players in NBA history with five or more MVPs. That being Bill Russell. Michael Jordan and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, we talked about it with our man Ahmad. Maybe someone, you know, creeping up on that list. If LeBron James throws another one on top of the pile this year, it could be creeping up there. Kareem got six of them things? Mm-hmm. What? There's a little caveat in that a lot of those were like the NBA, ABA era. Oh, so the talent I didn't know split. Kareem had six. Damn. He played forever, dude. He played for, for what, sure. 22 years? 22, 21 yeah. years? 69 to 89. So 20. 20. Crazy. Number two. The Flyers had their second worst loss in franchise history on Wednesday night, losing 9-0 to the Rangers. Let's do that hockey. And, I mean, Matt, if you didn't put this in, I probably never would have known this. I don't really jump on the Flyers bandwagon if I do until playoff time. So a 9 nothing loss to the Rangers is like a pat on the back like, hey, man, shake shake that off. because They I, bounced I back. Win. They won 4-3 to three last night. And the old saying is, You'd rather lose one game nine nothing than nine games one nothing. Get them all. Get all that bad juju out in one game. Yeah, it's just it. It hurts because it was compounded. I was watching the Sixers lose to Milwaukee after being up by seventeen. I'm like, oh, let me see how the Flyers did tonight. Oh, they lost nine nothing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, good. Oh, they got destroyed. Phillies. Phillies won their spring training game against the Tigers. There we go. Boom. There we go. There we, there go. we go. 
number one. The Raiders have had one winning season since 2003, the fewest in the NFL. That is soul-crushingly bad. Like, that Too is insane. How is that possible? <laughs> 2003, 18 years of one winning season. We, and we the one got time more they had, The one time they had a winning season, their quarterback broke their leg. Like, <laughs> yeah, come on, man. And, and this is what I will say. I'm still not overwinning the Super Bowl. Since the Bucs have won the Super Bowl, all the worst stats in the NFL, the worst things in the NFL stats, the Bucs are starting to not be in there anymore. Like, like, you know, playoff drought. We're not there anymore. Super Bowl drought. We're not there anymore. Worst, worst record since we're not there anymore. Worst winning percentage. We're not there anymore. Like, oh my God. No quarterbacks we, having a second contract. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> like we're not there anymore. Like, like, we have hopped over the fence to good football franchise for the next three years until Brady leaves. And then we're, we're right back there. That's that's okay. I'm happy for you, James. Thank you. That's all I needed to hear. That's all I needed to hear. We're almost out of time. Uh, this episode of Straight Facts. We can get some shots about the buzzer as we always do. Y'all got something to say at the buzzer? Who wants to go first? I have I have a very important announcement. Oh, okay, to make. okay. Oh, boy. And I think both of you will appreciate it a lot. Okay. So this is something I have thought about for a very long time. I've discussed it with many friends and many family. And I'm finally ready to say that, in my opinion, LeBron James is the greatest basketball player to ever live. Hey! No, that is huge. That is huge. Thank you to the whole Robinson family for helping him reach this monumental epiphany. Um, I want to know longevity, how the longevity. When you think about the years mm-hmm. and year after year, and like think of like the play, like Dwayne Wade is like five years past being five years past, mm-hmm. and LeBron's still kicking it, and they're in the same draft class. It's crazy. It's crazy. Now for just, a second, go ahead. I thought that might be. I I, I had a feeling it was going to be like, oh, I'm ready to call someone. Like, I thought you might be going Tom Brady. I thought you were going Brady. Now actually. that's just the last hurdle we got to get over because <laughs> I don't understand how you get it the longevity for LeBron, but you no, but, no, no. But, but you Brady, use longevity no, against no. Brady. I don't I don't get that, it. Brady will never be the best quarterback ever. I don't he's understand better. how you say that. But no, he's, you, he's, Matt, Matt. The longevity makes him the greatest ever. This this was not supposed to be about Brady. I'm happy for your LeBron James epiphany. We will leave it at that. We will leave it at that. Jake, you got something to say the buzzer? Um not too much. I mean, uh tomorrow I will say I'll get my UFC takes out there. Uh Kind of a stinker of a card, but the main event will be a lot of fun if you like watching entertaining fights. Uh, there's a guy, Kevin Holland, who is 5-0 in 2020. He was the fighter of the year in the UFC. And what makes him notable is he talks. Like, you can hear him, like, having, like, discussions during yeah, the yeah, fight. Like, I, I saw a clip earlier today of him doing that. Is he talking to his I, corner when he does that? He's talking to himself. No, he, t- he talks to his opponent like, oh, I had a dream about this once. You know what I'm saying? When I was 17, I had a dream about this. Like, weirdo. Uh, but he backs it up. They call him Loudmouth, I think is what Dana White dubbed him. I'm actually going to, in my, in my sharp analysis, I'm actually going to bet against him. He's going up against Derek Brunson, who is the kind of gatekeeper of that division anytime there's a new up-and-comer they put him up against Derek Brunson to see if you're legit um I do think Kevin Holland could be legit but he hasn't really fought anyone who's uh as good as Derek Brunson yet I think this is going to be a wake-up call and a snapping of his streak so if you are a better Derek Brunson plus 150 uh is a good bet in my opinion there's there is a theme to the best UFC fighters they're all head cases Conor McGregor Khabib 
I mean, you, 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 the list, the list goes, goes they fight on. for a living. Yeah. I mean, they, they literally get their heads knocked around for a living. So this guy, you know, talks to himself. That's, that's, that's the newest one. Great. Um, what I got to say at the buzzer, you could see these two statements behind me for those just listening to the audio. You can't. So behind me, it says hashtag stop Asian hate. The second one says hashtag free jelly fam. The first one obviously speaks for itself. Um, the, the horrific, incident that happened earlier this week uh in florida um you know with the against the asian community and you know i don't, don't want to spend too much time on it but for all the social justice stuff that we spent time fighting on last year in the year of 2020 like racism doesn't just have one color like if you're against racism you're against racism in, in all of its forms against all people so i stand with the asian community i just you know i can't stand to see racism or inequality anywhere the second one is I got to sound off on this trash ass organization that is the NCAA because I really I'm really starting to get really pissed off at what the NCAA is. The reason why I have hashtag free jelly fam in there is jelly fam. I'm sure you guys have heard of it was, you know, this big Instagram sensation a couple years ago led by um, Alabama point guard Javon Quinterly. And they call themselves Jelly Fam for the crazy spin they can do on their layups off the backboard. And, and it went crazy. It was viral. They have gear. They have, um, you know, they have merch. They, they have everything going for them. Except they can't collect any of the royalties that's being made from it. And there are other people selling Jelly Fam t-shirts, merch, sponsorships, whatever, making money off of that. So Javon Quinterly and, and all of them went to try and go collect those royalties. And NCAA told them straight up, if you collect a cent from any of that, you're ineligible for the tournament. And this is a guy the day after or the day before won MVP of the SEC tournament. So he was primed and ready to go to the NCAA tournament and said he couldn't get the royalty that was deserved of him uh, or he'd be ineligible. And then, of course, we've seen, you know, how they're treating the, the women's NCAA teams when they go to their bubble and their facilities, too. So this is what I'll say about the NCAA. I really can't stand them. It's a true dictatorship of what they're trying to do. And you know, they're not protecting their best asset, which which are their players. So if they don't get with the time soon, leagues like the, you know, stuff like the NBA, the NFL, they're starting to start being pipelines to get to these professional leagues that don't go through the NCAA. And people are going to start to be encouraged to go alternate routes because the NCAA isn't in the best interest of you. Um, and I don't think it truly is. So I, I just, I had to get that off my chest. I really can't stand the NCAA and they're continuing to prove me right every day. Yeah, if you hate the NCAA like James and I do, here's what I would tell you, especially with basketball. Go buy some G League Ignite gear. Yeah, go root for Jonathan Kaminga, Jalen Green. Root for those guys to go high in the draft because when other prospects see, hey, I can make money and have NBA scouts see me and be in their system and not have to deal with this NCAA bullshit, we're going to see. We're going to see about, about how the NCAA treats players and if they change that one-and-done rule. And and for any you know high school player who's thinking like, oh, but I want to be noticed. I still want to be on TV. You still on TV, man. You still on ESPN. You still on Bleacher Report. Like, like I still see everything that Jalen Green and Jonathan Kaminga and, and Isaiah Todd, I see everything that they're doing still. Just because you're not on ESPN Wednesdays or on the Sonic Blockbuster don't mean you're not going to get noticed. But the NCAA is not for the players. It's, it's just simply not. So if you want something that's in your best interest, the NCAA is not it. But... That is all the time we have for this episode of Straight Facts. Again, shout out Ahmad Smith for joining the pod today. Great conversations. And also, shout out to my guys, Stat Matt Robinson and Jake Galley. I am James Jackson. These have been the facts. Straight up.